DFS MVP, Holden Kushner, and 444's director of DFS, TJ Hernandez, hanging out here for week 15. TJ, I actually know what this song is. I'll let, I mean, you go tell everybody, but I have heard this song a million times, and I love it. I actually thought of you when, when I picked it because I figured that you would know this one. Uh, that was... <laughs> <laughs> that was House of Pain that brought us in. Their their classic jump around from their 1992 uh, self-titled album, House of Pain. And you can find that on our DFS MVP Spotify playlist. Just search DFS MVP in Spotify or look for it on my Twitter. We post it all the time and it has that intro song and all of the great intro songs that bring us in every single week. I'm hitting 500 this year. I, I've known about half the songs. That's <laughs> yeah, that's good. good. Well, it's that, well, not really, but for me, it's good. Uh, we got week 15 plays, DraftKings and FanDuel, cash mm-hmm. GPPs. And then this week, our game theory segment is basically just values on a different site, though, because Yahoo is actually doing something cool this week, TJ. And I heard about this, and I told you before the show, I've never deposited into Yahoo. I've just played their free rolls for a long, long time. And, you know, you win a dollar here, $10 there. Well, I'm going to have to put a little more money in because they got a big contest coming up this week. They have a million dollar contest. They're guaranteeing $250,000 in overlay. Uh, when we get to the theory segment, we'll get into those details a little bit more, but uh, it's important to, to keep your eye open for, for what's going on outside of, of your normal schedule. And this is the time of year that it starts to happen. No more qualifiers in the lobby. Uh, some different games start popping up. Um, as you see, when we, we get into it, you just have uh, things start getting a little weird towards the end of the year. Schedules are different and whatnot. So a lot, lots of uh, lots of changes to keep paying attention to. Oh, yeah. We got Thursday. Mm-hmm. We got a Saturday slate. We got a Sunday game. We got a Monday game. This is the widow maker right here, dude, because the wives <laughs> yeah, do is. not like the. this is the worst two weeks of the season for them because you got four days a week. You're playing football. I mean, you, you have to you have to justify it by. uh by saying, honey, at least I'm not watching college football right when I wake up. I, you got Saturday morning. You haven't had that all year. Yeah, it's not going to count either. This is just right. it's worth expect a try. it. It's the two weeks. That's why I'm single. <laughs> it's, hey, listen, man. Sometimes I'm very envious. We got our uh, DFS MVP promo 25% off after the price dropped to $39. We got a rate and review T-shirt giveaway. If you leave a five-star review, you're automatically entered to win an amazing four-for-four t-shirt which is super comfy uh i know because i have a pair but who's this week's winner tj uh this week we got a nice review from cw jero I'm, i assume i'm pronouncing jero correctly like yeah a little claude Giroux. we got a, a little little uh louisiana flavor from there so cw g-i-r-o-u-x left us a nice review hit me up on twitter at tj hernandez i'll give you the details on how to get hooked up with that shirt and if you want a free t-shirt for yourself or at least a chance to win a free t-shirt uh go ahead and leave us a five-star rating or review and your name will automatically be entered into that drawing so usually i do my fantasy first podcast and what i'll do on Early in the week is I'll go to John Paulson's most accurate podcast mm-hmm. and I'll cut out something from him and I'll put it in my podcast just to, you know, do a little cross promotion. You got like multiple shout outs this week, multiple oh, shout outs for your picks. That's good to know. I, I had a, I had, I, it's kind of the blind scroll, right? You're going to have a big, big hit every week. But yeah. last week, uh, Deshaun Hamilton was our big one that, that I was, I was really heavy yeah. on. And, and that one, uh, we actually had a, a um, a subscriber, take down a $100,000 contest, $10,000 first place prize uh, with 
Deshaun and, and Amari, who we talked up uh, in in the write ups last week. So well, don't sleep on that on that twenty five percent off. We still have almost two months of this with playoffs, so still lots of time to to get those values. And I'll tell you this much too: Tim Patrick was the other guy that mm-hmm. I kind of sprinkled in once in a while. He he just about hit value everywhere. And you know what? Sunday morning, I'm doing my lineups, and I'm going, who is Andrew Luck going to throw to? I had a little Zachary Pascal. And Oof, you know what? That was nice. Yeah, but I lost the two lineups. That's, still, that's a nice call, though. Pascal I was happy nice with one. it. But yeah. you know what? Ultimately, if you're not going to win the, the lineups, it sucks. But, yes, it was a decent call once in a while. You know, you use some of the – framework that you throw out there tj and you apply it and you come up with some of these gems let's get into it here five games off the main slate two on saturday uh one game with an over under of 50 plus don't we have one i think the bills and the lines are something like 38 the last time yeah, i checked really so low. there's some lower scoring games out here at least t- totals i should say and this mm-hmm. is what we expect the weather's getting a little nastier outside and we got some nasty matchups, too. Let's start at quarterback. Where are we starting this week? Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, we got most of the heavy hitters are off the main slate. Uh, so this week we, we don't have the Breezes. We don't have the Mahomes. Our top value on both sites this week at quarterback is Dak Prescott. Dak is priced at 7300 on FanDuel, 5500 on DraftKings. Uh, Cowboys are playing at the Colts, who rank 27th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. And uh, the the big game last week was kind of a the apex of, of what's been building up to an offense that has been trending in the right direction. Uh, Dak's top seven in fantasy points per game since the Cowboys buy. Uh, pretty good value, though, uh, with those points per game averages. QB 11 on FanDuel, QB 13 on DraftKings. So the the price still hasn't caught up, not just to his performance last week, but really since the Cowboys got Amari Cooper, this offense has began looking uh, a little different, a little more efficient. And that's been evidenced not just in their production, but in their play calling. They are currently in the top half of the league in passing rate in neutral game script over the last six weeks. And I mean, that really coincides with the addition of Mari. The first uh, eight weeks of the season, the first half of the season, this was one of the most run-heavy teams in the league. Uh, so we've seen them open it up a little bit, and that's resulted in Dak getting up to uh, accounting for a big chunk of this team's scoring over 70% of their yards in that six-week stretch and 80% of their touchdowns in that stretch. So lots of value from Dak, who's still priced down relatively low compared to some of the other guys at quarterback. Yeah, on the other side, I was just looking at Andrew Luck. Here we yeah. go again. It's just there, there's one game this year was at Jacksonville, and it was just a complete uh, dumpster fire on stilts. But he bounced back last week, threw for 399 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. And mm-hmm. I know the Dallas defense has been playing well, but here we go again. I mean, Andrew Luck is in a nice spot. I think this is – I don't even know if I'd call it sneaky. The, the total here is, what, 47 and yeah. Indianapolis actually a couple of two and a two and a hook yeah two and a half point favorite last time I looked there so you know this whole game this could be an interesting game stack too I like this one it's a it's nobody's really talking about it much as being a higher scoring game but you saw I just heard you talk about Dak Prescott I've been on Andrew Luck early on the week so maybe this is a game that we want to target and this is a fun week to to go after 
some game stacks or team stacks that aren't necessarily that that don't hit all uh, the markers or check all the boxes that we usually like because of what you mentioned up top. We just don't have a lot of games on the main slate that are projected for a lot of points outside of of the Patriots and and Steelers. There's going to be a lot of offenses that are just going to kind of cannibalize each other's ownership because nobody really stands out. We don't have any team projected for over 27 points. So if you do like a game and you plant your flag there, uh, you're probably going to be able to, to get to the ahead of the field pretty easily because you're not going to have, like I mentioned, you're not going to have a Chiefs or a Rams or a, a Saints that are just going to dominate ownership. And if you miss out on them, you're done. All right. So we move on from Dak to Tom Brady. A good old mm-hmm. Tom Brady who finally had a game where he put up some fantasy points last uh, week against Miami. 7,900 FanDuel, 5,900 DraftKings. You better believe all – look at all the uh, articles out there. Tom Brady's done. He's washed up. Warren Moon was just crushing him in an interview. that just It's over. He's old. His legs aren't – he can't throw – can't throw down the field. Well, you know what? He doesn't throw down the field. They dink and dunk. That's the offense. It's the only game here with the Steelers and the – Patriots with a over-under above 50 on the main slate. And I think it might even be uh, dropping a little bit. But, yep. man, I love this game, too. This, is, this should just be fun. From This is a game that I could actually have no, it, no, nothing on the line on and just watch it anyways. I can't wait to see this one, man. And and with both teams, uh, or with, with New England, uh, yeah, both teams losing last week. New England uh, lost at the, at the last minute, and then Pittsburgh losing to Oakland. Uh, the playoff implications are, are huge in this one. This is going to feel like a playoff game because they're they're pretty much essentially going to be playing for the two seed, uh, looks like, if, if Kansas City handles business. So that's a big deal, obviously. And then, like you said, we have... We we don't have a lot of games with high scoring. This game already dropping a little bit. Patriots implied total down uh, just under 27. It opened a little bit over 27. But the the thing about Brady, and I, I don't think I talked about it on our podcast last week. I, I believe I talked about it on uh, the Most Accurate podcast with John Paulson, is that it's not even that Brady was necessarily playing bad or um, wasn't getting the opportunities. His, he was just having some natural negative touchdown regression. And uh, I mean, Warren Moon talking about the deep ball, one of Brady's touchdowns was a, was a strike. I think it was like 35 yards to, to Patterson. He just put that one on a rope. Uh, and now the Patriots are... And another thing is they're at full strength. They got Gronk back who... Even though he's he's not the old Gronk, we saw him exploit a, a very good uh, matchup last week against the Dolphins, and and they have all of their running backs, Josh Gordon, uh, Julian Edelman. Now they've all played together for quite a few weeks, healthy, and I think we're going to start seeing that that Patriots um, that Patriots uh, team starting to click like we're used to. We started to see it last week. Now we have this high scoring game against a Steelers offense that has been one of, if not the uh, most pass-heavy teams in the league. And we know there's a lot of correlation when it comes to opposing passing games. And I I think if uh, we see Pittsburgh get back on track, we could see a lot of back and forth here in this game. And uh, you're getting a a pretty big discount on Brady compared to Ben Roethlisberger. So that's always nice to have in a game that could shoot out. Yeah, a couple other things. Steelers have lost three in a row, so mm-hmm. they got it. They have to come up with this one. They got to win this game, um, or else. I mean, the Ravens could catch him in the division. The yep. second thing I'm looking at here: James Conner and his availability. And third of all, 
Ben has some pretty banged up ribs. Yeah. But the one thing we've seen with Ben Roethlisberger is his body has been trashed and he's still been able to produce. So I do wonder if that's going to lower any ownership on Ben Roethlisberger, given that he missed some time in the last game. Although, did you see this where he was saying that the reason why he was on the sideline so long is because the there's an antiquated x-ray machine in Oakland and they just couldn't get the results back in time? The stories just keep getting better out of that stadium. I, at the, on the same, there was more. There was a there was another one I saw on Twitter that has nothing to do with on the field. But someone walked past a, a security guard and overheard on the walkie-talkie that they they found a rat in the Coke machine during the same game. Yep. So that Coliseum falling apart. Uh, have fun in Las Vegas, Raiders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then uh, not to get too far off the DFS side, but that place, raw sewage in the locker rooms, Man. raw sewage on the field, x-ray machines from the 1940s. You got Coke Coke machines with dead rats in it. I, I'd never <laughs> heard of this. This is a new one right now. Yeah, who's and, and we don't even know where the Raiders are going to be playing at next year now. No, maybe San Diego. That'd be fascinating too. Hey, you I can guess. watch some Raider games next year. I'll stay on my couch. I don't blame you. <laughs> Running back time. Ezekiel Elliott. Gotta love Zeke, man. I mean, every week, this guy, I think he's got the highest floor out there every single week, isn't it? That way, since the slow start to the season, 8,800 FanDuel, 9,400 DK. He's catching passes out of the backfield. He's a good, that, that, to me, is the biggest shocker this year that Jason mm-hmm. Garrett or somebody with the Cowboys actually figured out how to use. Zeke Elliott and all of his magical power. So what do you got on Zeke? Yeah, and that has that's in addition, I, I talked about Amari Cooper uh boosting the the passing rate of, of Dallas in recent weeks, but also Zeke getting used is another big part of that, like you mentioned. Uh as far as floors go, we have Todd Gurley not on the main slate, uh Christian McCaffrey not on the main slate, Alvin Kamara hasn't been Alvin Kamara, but he's not on the main slate either. So we we really don't have a uh, a lot of expensive running back options out of Zeke and Saquon Barkley, but Zeke you're getting a pretty decent discount to Saquon especially on FanDuel where Zeke is $8800 on DraftKings Zeke's uh $9400 uh, again against the Colts. We have Zeke projected as a top two value on both sites when you consider that passing game work that he's been getting over 50 percent of the Cowboys touches over the course of the season over the last six weeks uh, pretty consistently that's been his number half of the team touches the Cowboys are underdogs but the spread's only two and a half the Colts rank 24th in four for four schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks and um, no matter the the type of game you've been playing, whether it be a GPP or a cash, one thing that's been pretty consistent throughout the year has been to get these high volume guys uh, in your lineup any way possible. And if you uh, if you jammed uh, Zeke some some combination of Zeke, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon together last week, um, and and kind of took the hit at other positions, you probably had a pretty good week. And I think you want to jam Zeke in at any cost possible this week as well. He's just going to get you 100 yards rushing. It really yeah. is. The the volume that he's getting, 26, 23, 28 carries. Uh, did, he have tw- did he really have 12 receptions last week? My goodness. I mean, the, he's just getting the volume, all the volume there in Dallas. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah. 
and we just we, one thing that we look for. We talked about it early in the year with Minnesota. Kind of Pittsburgh's been this way historically. Is those concentrated offenses, and pretty much everything's going through Zeke and Amari right now. So you like that because it it just adds to the predictability of the offense. Joe Mixon, kind of a forgotten guy, had a mm-hmm. nice little uh, week last week. Scored a touchdown. Seventy eight hundred Fanduel, sixty one hundred DraftKings. I mean, this is two really crappy teams with the Bengals. Yeah. And the Raiders, but it's also two horrible, horrible defenses. And listen, they don't want Jeff Driscoll throwing a ball 30 times. I don't care who they're playing uh, for the Bengals. So it's the Bengals at home, and you got to like mixing, right? Especially with all of the guys that I mentioned that aren't on the main slate, uh, we don't have a lot of options for the high-priced, high-volume guys. And we really don't have a a ton of super cheap uh, value guys. Two of the best running back values are are the Thursday night game uh, with the Chargers and the Chiefs with with the backups playing there. So Mixon is still reasonably priced, like you mentioned. He's a home favorite against a Raiders defense that has has been really bad all around. And even though outside of last week where Mixon was decent, even though his fantasy numbers haven't been great because his team has been so bad, he's still accounting for a huge portion of their touches, top six in team touch share over the last six weeks oakland uh if we look at their their fantasy points allowed where they've really struggled is through the air but their their line has been very poor against the run if we look at football outsiders adjusted line yards what kind of which takes all plays into account and adjusts for uh, game situation oakland ranks in the bottom six there so given those factors plus the potential for maybe a little higher scoring game than we expect because both defenses are so so bad, uh, some increased scoring opportunities for Mixon as well. I want to ask you about Tariq Cohen real quick. Going up against Green Bay at home, rivalry game there. Tariq Cohen to me, he's in all likelihood just a tournament play at this point, but he's so up and down, um, and that's why. But he's a guy that can explode 28 Point six Fanduel points against the Giants a couple weeks ago. Last week, I thought he had a good real game. He rushed for sixty nine yards on nine carries, but you know he ended up with about eleven points there. Do you like Tariq Cohen in tournaments this week? Is there any reason to go there uh, at his price point? Uh, I think there's a couple reasons to go there. One, I if people are just going to look at snaps and touches uh, without a lot of context. I do think there will be a fair amount of owners that go for Jordan Howard because the Bears are six-point favorites, so the generic suggestion would be that game script should favor Howard. But even with far fewer touches because of Cohen's passing uh, passing game work, his efficiency is, is through the roof. So you'll see kind of similar to last week, he'll get seven or eight fewer touches, but still almost match Howard's yardage, if not exceed him. Uh, the reason I think that Cohen can be very good this week is for a couple of reasons. One, we we've seen that when Mitch Trubisky has a good game, it's coincided a lot of times with Cohen having a good game. They have very high correlations and a, a good way to attack this Packers defense is through the air. And another reason is this Packers, while the secondary has been a little suspect for the Packers, their pass rush has been very good. So we should, even though Trubisky's mobile, if Packers are able to get after Trubisky, uh, that that could and should lead to shorter passes, checkdowns, which should mean more opportunities for Cohen. And the more times he has the ball in his hand, uh, the better your chance of, of him getting loose. So I actually do like him a lot this week. 
And then real quick at the top of the list, Todd Gurley is not – he's gone without a touchdown in two of his mm-hmm. last three games. Am I looking too much into this? Is it just uh, just regression? He's not going to score two and three touchdowns every single game. He's got Philadelphia up this week. That that defense has gone right down the toilet. Todd Gurley worth paying up for him this week, 9500 on fan on uh, DraftKings? Yeah, if you're playing on the full slate or if you're playing uh, Yahoo, which includes Sunday night game, mm-hmm. that that's that's the medicine right there. The Philly defense, they're they're they've been getting gashed every which way, and this Rams offense, uh, it's it's almost a little bit of a blessing with this game being on the slate for Yahoo's big tournament because uh, they just came off such a bad performance against the Bears, and I, I think we. We all know that that offense is much better than what we saw last week, so I'm I'm pr- plenty fine with paying up for Gurley uh, in that spot on the full slate. Uh, again, especially with some of those big names not on the Sunday slate this week. All right, let's move on here from running back over to wide receiver. You got Adam Thielen and Minnesota taking on Miami. Uh, Miami stinks defensively <laughs> yeah. in a couple of in a couple of different areas and you already brought up Gronkowski we're just talking about the wide receivers here yep. and Adam Thielen at any point at any given week could be the highest scoring wide receiver out there and this week sets up uh, really well because he has a great individual matchup but this this Miami defense it was we targeted last week with Tom Brady because uh, there were so many indicators in terms of efficiency allowed that suggested that the Patriots should finally have a very nice game through the air. And it's it's similar setup here for the Vikings, who have, through most of the year, been a, a pass-first team, have tried to establish the run in recent weeks, hasn't been working, led to a firing of their offensive coordinator, which hopefully means that they get back to the passing game, which is where their bread is buttered and where you can really attack Miami. Uh, Thielen, 8,200 FanDuel, 8,600 on DraftKings. Miami, they rank last in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, 25th for wide receivers, and you you don't need perfect uh, scoring in terms of implied totals or over-unders for your wide receivers, but when they're heavily involved in the red zone, that is important to look at. The Vikings are projected for over 25 points this week, and 80% of their touchdowns uh, this year have come through the air. Thielen over the last six weeks, top six in the league in red zone target share. So when they have been throwing, it's been going Thielen's way uh, near the end zone. And then that individual matchup that I mentioned, uh, the slot corner for the Dolphins, Bobby McCain, he's allowed the fourth most fantasy points per target over the last six weeks. And that's where Thielen lives, right in the slot. So a great way to attack them is is in the slot. Uh, Gronk lines up in the slot a lot. We saw him dominate last week. Corderell Patterson caught that great touchdown right down the seam against this uh, defense last week, and I like Thielen to do a lot of damage in very similar fashion. Um, you're going to talk about Amari Cooper here for a second. Mark <laughs> Davis from the Raiders uh, was talking about the Amari Cooper trade, and he goes, "In the future, we might be saying, damn. Um, it. <laughs> I mean, listen, this guy was by far and away the best, the best." wide receiver coming out of college. He -hmm. had an amazing rookie year in Oakland. It went to hell. I mean, he's dropping passes. This is a completely different individual than we saw at the beginning of the year. In the last couple of years, and I believe since the trade, he leads the NFL in receiving yards. 
This guy, this version of Amari Cooper is the guy we thought we were going to see coming out of mm-hmm. college. And the the reason he's important to us at DFS right now is because the price still hasn't caught up to that production, uh, especially on FanDuel. He is 6600 on FanDuel this week. He's $7,500 on DraftKings. Uh, I, I know we we keep harping on this this Dallas offense so far in this podcast, but like we mentioned earlier, it's just been a, a extremely concentrated offense since Amari has joined the team. He's eighth in target since joining the team, and uh, that discrepancy in in price makes me very interested in in him on Fanduel. He's priced as the wide receiver fourteen on Fanduel compared to uh, the wide receiver seven on DraftKings, and we talked about the back-and-forth correlation when we were talking about Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger. I think it's possible that we could see that in this game, which obviously would boost Amari's value. I already mentioned that Dak has been throwing at a little bit higher rate uh, than the Cowboys did over the first half of the season, and now they're facing a a Colts offense that is extremely pass-heavy, and while Dallas has been very good on defense lately, they've been middle of the pack in terms of efficiency allowed to opposing quarterbacks, so it's not out of the question that uh, the Colts could come out have some success through the air, and all of a sudden we're in a back-and-forth aerial attack uh, on on an offense that's suddenly capable of doing that. So Cooper, is uh, he has double-digit targets uh, very easily in his range of outcomes this week. Mm. So Amari Cooper, again, 6,600 Fanduel, 7,500 on DraftKings, going up against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, does Odell Beckham Jr. play this week? I know that was kind of... That really uh, rattled some people. I did not have any Beckham uh, last week going into it, so it didn't really rock my boat. But I know there's a lot of people shot. What happened? He wasn't even on the injury report all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Boom. So what if Odell does play? What if he doesn't? So it's not even so much that um, I'm, I'm going to be – forcing Odell in if he does play he does have a very good matchup against Tennessee but I also like I already mentioned Thielen I like Julio a lot this week so uh, it's not a must play especially coming off injury but if he's out that's that's what really is interesting because as of this recording 444 currently has Sterling Shepard projected as as the top value at wide receiver on DraftKings against a Tennessee offense ranked 26 in adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, also ranked very high on Fandle but if Odell doesn't if Odell does play, then obviously uh, Shepard's going to get a, a big uh, drop in his projection and a drop in value, so that will take him off the board. If that is the case, at almost the same price point, we have Dante Pettis. 5500 on FanDuel, 4400 on DraftKings versus Seattle. So we're going to have to get that value somewhere. And if Odell does play, Pettis is the guy that I'm going to be looking to. Seven targets in three straight games. He's the only 49er besides uh, George Kittle that's averaging more than four targets per game in that three-game span. And he has a very good individual matchup. Trey Flowers uh, for the Seahawks has allowed the fourth most yards per target among Week 15 starting cornerbacks. And this is another game here. Again, not no games that have big totals or big shootout potential outside of the Patriots. So we're looking for these games that can sneak up on us. Uh, both of these offenses like to run the ball and have the the Seahawks at the mercy of their coaches uh 49ers kind of at the, at the mercy of of injuries uh but that's what's happened this, these offenses have both been extremely run heavy but 
Both of these defenses have really struggled through the air lately. Both ranked in the bottom six in fantasy points per pass attempt allowed over uh, the last six weeks. So hopefully these coaches see that, look to exploit that, and we have a, a higher scoring divisional game than we expect. Obviously that gives Pettis a boost, but he has a nice floor regardless. Yep, and I, I know you think this could be a sneaky shootout. Mm-hmm. He is going to be extraordinarily low-owned after people watch the Seahawks on Monday Night Football and their defense. Yeah, yeah. And, They're not and even going to think about playing any 49ers in this one. No, I, I think um, um, maybe Kittle just because he's been, he's been such uh, a target monster. But this, I, I don't expect this game to be very popular. But uh, like we've already said a couple times on this pod, this is one of those weeks where you can go with some with some plays or game stacks that look pretty funky uh, that might still uh, work out quite well. You know, when I lived in D.C., I felt like I was on a lot of Redskins. I knew what was going on. I've only been out in Denver for six weeks, but mm-hmm. you could pick up patterns with teams mm-hmm. really quickly as we moved to tight end. George Kittle had 201 yards in the first Man. half. Didn't make a catch in the second half, so they went zone and they actually figured it out. But all season long, the Broncos have been getting crushed by tight ends and it might be a little sneaky play here with david and joku so um that's just a name i'm going to throw out because of the matchup um and and i also saw another stat here where like the least amount of quarterback hits here over the last few weeks baker mayfield he just they're Mm -hmm. not touching Mm -hmm. him he's has a ton of time in the pocket he's also very crafty in the pocket he doesn't get touched and joku is a name that i'm going to throw out there but let's go to your first name, and this should be the chalk, really. Eric Ebron, 6,500 FanDuel, 5,900 DK, and it's all about volume, and you can basically book it. He he is going to give you double-digit points on any site, and mm-hmm. the chances of him getting a touchdown are extremely high. Yeah, quick quick note on the Browns if you are playing mm-hmm. the full slate. Uh, the, the Panthers uh, last in fantasy points per pass attempt allowed over the last six weeks. So some, some potential for that passing game there. Uh, Ebron, ever since Jack Doyle's been out, has just been, uh, he's been the guy in, in India. That's pretty much what we've expected, but his price hasn't climbed up to the, the Kelsey Zacherts tier yet. 6,500 on FanDuel this week, like you said, down 5,900 on DraftKings, at least seven targets in three straight games. And and the big kicker here could be whether or not T.Y. plays. T.Y. Hilton's questionable. Now with an ankle, uh, I think it was a growing and, and then a shoulder before. He just can't uh, can't avoid the, the injury bug. He's played through it, but they just keep piling up. And even if T.Y. does end up playing, Dallas is a defense that they, they filter – fantasy points uh to the tight end position they rank eighth in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers but 22nd against tight ends so that's a very good sign for ebron and indy is the home favorite here so i I mentioned that i like a a sneaky back and forth here but uh we do like tight ends that have favorable game script uh which for the tight end means uh being ahead and, and and being able to to push that ball down the field methodically and and indy's the home favorite so that that bodes well for ebron C.J. Uzoma with uh, the Bengals again taking on the Oakland Raiders. You got Driscoll looking at his tight end. Oakland is just about as bad as it gets Mm -hmm. against the position. And again, uh, you got a Cincinnati team where Vegas thinks they're actually going to score some points for a change. 
Yeah, it's their highest implied point total since their week nine bye, uh, projected for about 25 points. If you're going down this far in tight end, tight ends such, uh, such a mess that you're really just doing it to, to punt the position and uh, cross your fingers for, for a score. There isn't anyone that's priced this low at tight end that you're getting reliable production from, but we've said it so many times on this podcast and we've seen it so many times in winning lineups, uh, whether it be a cash game or a GPP that the floor and ceiling of, of an extra stud is so much higher, uh, even combined with, with a player like Azoma who has a floor of literally zero than a couple of mediocre players. So you're doing this if you're, if you're trying to get a, a Saquon and, and a Zeke on the same team, uh, this is the kind of play that you're going to do it with. And Cincinnati, again, they're a home favorite like the Colts. That's something that favors the tight end. And even though uh, Uzoma doesn't have a ton of volume or a ton of fantasy points, uh, he does have a 13-target game with Driscoll under center, and he is on the field a lot. Only Travis Kelsey has a higher snap rate uh, among tight ends since Tyler Eifert's injury. So if, if there's a player on the field and that team is expected to score a lot and he's a pass catcher, uh, that's that's a spot where, where they could blow up even if the targets haven't been there. All right, so then we move along to the defense. And I know you like the Bears this week. 3,700 mm-hmm. Fandle, 2,900 DK going up against Green Bay. They're uh, almost a touchdown favorite at home. And I'm trying to figure out here with Aaron Rodgers. He had a Mm -hmm. huge week against Chicago in week one, and he really is not even – he just hasn't done what he did in week one. He went for 286 and three touchdowns against the Bears. Then he got hurt, and maybe last week we saw a little bit of a coming-out party. Um, His last two games against the Bears, he's thrown – he threw three touchdowns in week one, and then uh, last week in week four, four touchdowns. But I just think this is a different – animal and no pun intended seriously but this is a different animal with the bears man sure this defense we saw what they did against the rams they're elite and i would not be surprised to see aaron Rodgers struggle this week yeah i i wouldn't expect them uh to to do what they did to the rams even though the rams are a better offense than the packers uh, that just was kind of a perfect storm uh but the uh, the Bears, the, the thing about them, we have quite a few defenses that are, are favored by in that five to seven point range. Uh, but the Bears are priced down a little bit. 3700 on FanDuel, $2,900 on DraftKings. And they're, they're always going to have the potential for a big fantasy game because they have such a good pass rush. And while Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over a lot in terms of interceptions, Green Bay does throw at one of the highest rates in the league. And when you combine that, uh, against a very good pass rush, all that means is more opportunities for sacks. And even if Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions, the more times he's getting hit and the more times Cleo Mack and company is getting in that backfield, uh, the more opportunities for, for those strip, strip sacks, fumbles, recoveries. Uh, however the turnover might happen, if you're getting after the quarterback and they throw a lot, that's a good spot for you. And the next up, the Falcons. Now, oh boy. <laughs> I mean, it's the Arizona defense. So the Arizona defense in real life stats, the worst offense in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They are either 31st or 32nd in passing and rushing. David Johnson, as of this taping, questionable for that game. They have the worst head coach in the, in the National Football League and Steve Wilkes. So, listen, the Falcons stink. The Falcons legitimately have a, a stake to get the number one overall pick mm-hmm. if they continue to tank here, but... 
man, Arizona's so bad. I actually like the Falcons' offense this week. You're looking at their defense. Just because we've seen it so many times that they don't have to be a good defense in real life to be a good fantasy defense, and Falcons obviously aren't a good defense in real life. They're they're a little bit better with Deion Jones, which would help if D, uh, if David Johnson does play because he's really their entire offense at this point. If David Don- Johnson doesn't play, uh, then then that that's even better. But the Falcons are the biggest favorite of the week. They're favored by nine points. So when you have a team that is expected to be ahead by that much, uh, that just means more opportunities to get after a quarterback that has one of the highest interception rates in the league against an offense that allows one of the highest uh, sack rates in the league. And that's all resulted in Arizona ranked in the bottom two and schedule adjusted fantasy points to opposing defenses. So yeah, Falcons aren't good in real life, but they could put up some fantasy points as big favorites this week at home. Um, Let's move on to game theory now. Um, before we do, fantasy football season winding down, but that's season long. DFS, we still got a few weeks left. What do we got? Six weeks left? Yeah, right? Yeah. 15, yep. We got six weeks left. Though, so we got a lot of football here to go at DFS. And we partnered up with DraftKings to bring you any of our 4 for 4 memberships for free. It's not too late. Seriously, this is a nice time to make some money. You get full access to our most accurate rankings. You get the lineup generator, optimal lineups, premium articles, and other great features in our plan for 5 bucks. You can use another uh, contest. Maybe you win some more. So if you want access right away, go to 444.com backslash DraftKings and follow the instructions. So we got that. But we also, a lot of you have not played daily the fantasy sports on Yahoo!, you know, I'll, I'll tell you one of the worst mistakes I've ever made, though, in the stock market was uh, buying Yahoo just because I <laughs> thought that DFS was going to really take off there. And then that didn't work out that well. I mean, I'm happy about my Apple pick 10 years ago, 12 years ago, but Yahoo's just, oh, boy, it, it hasn't worked out. But they want to get people playing on their site, yeah. TJ, and they're doing it. And they got a $1 million game. With uh, it's not a million dollar prize, but they got a million dollars out there. There's going to be tons of opportunity because a whole bunch of overlay. Let's do this, man. Why Yahoo in week 15? One one of the most important things that we do on this podcast, kind of the 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 whole mission statement, is to to teach people how to be profitable at DFS, not just telling you which plays to play. And uh, a lot of a big part of that is game selection and and. Uh, sometimes the best thing to do is, is switch sites or, or look for the best value. And if you are somebody that uh, plays GPPs for pretty much any significant chunk of money, even if it's 20 to 50 bucks uh, a week, you should be looking at Yahoo because of this game that they're offering. The prize pool this week on their big contest is $1 million. They're guaranteeing $250,000 in overlay. So the, it's a negative 33% rake. They're, they're putting money in the prize pool. There's no rake. Uh, it's only a $10 buy-in and it's a, tw- the, it's There's only no 20- rake. Yeah. They're, they're automatic. They're overlaying $250,000 on it. So there's no, they're automatically adding the, the prize pool at the most for buy-ins is up to $750,000 and they're adding a, an extra 250 K on top of it. Ugh. Uh, they, I don't know if they're planning on changing this at any point, but as of now, uh, their site is only a 10 max site. So if you 
it's a $20 buy-in. I don't know if I said 10 on next earlier, $20 buy-in 10 max. So unlike these other, other sites or big contests like the millionaire, like the Sunday million where you're at an inherent disadvantage if you can't max enter because you have uh, these big bankrolls throwing in 150 lineups. You're you're on a very even playing field, uh, 10 max. And this game is structured on top of, of overlay. 25% of the field is being paid out. Only 10% of the money's going to first place. You could still win $100,000, but it's not like the millionaire where a third of the prize pool is going to one spot. It's not that top heavy. It's spread out pretty well. If you min cash in this lineup, you double your money, which is something that is often overlooked when people are looking for game selection. There's so many contests uh, on FanDuel and DraftKings where even if you cash, you only get one and a half, 1.6 times your money back. And over the course of the season, that's really detrimental. It's hard to stay afloat when you're you're only it's you're only by luck cashing 20, 25% of the time and then not even doubling your money when you do cash. So this paying out 25% of the field, double your money if you min cash, automatic overlay. If if you're playing GPPs this week and you're trying to be profitable, there's no better value, maybe no better value than we've ever had in DFS than this game right here. So you should be transferring. If, you're, if you play $200 a week in GPPs, it should be on Yahoo this week. It's a very good idea. We'll see if enough people figure out that they need to go over there and try and win some money and take some money over there. But if you haven't played Yahoo, it's just like FanDuel from the half-point PPR uh, standpoint. you got the flex as well. There's no kicker. There is a defense. I think the pricing is much tighter, though. I mean, there's... It's tougher to find values over there. Mm -hmm. You will, and you will find some ridiculous values, but it's usually maybe one guy will just say, why is this guy priced here as opposed to the other sites where... You know, you you can find two, three, four guys a week. It's even on on DraftKings if you really want. Like last week, I mentioned Saquon and Zeke in a lineup. Uh, you can do it even though their pricing is tight. To do that on Yahoo, it's very difficult. Um, and another difference besides their pricing being tied on Yahoo, it does include the Sunday night game, which we touched on earlier. So uh, that that does throw a little wrench in things people have, have been conditioned if you're playing on Fandle and DraftKings to be to be done um at at, at after the the 4 p.m games uh there's a 200 dollars budget so pricing looks a little bit different 200 dollars budget the minimum price on quarterback is 20 dollars. the minimum price on all other positions are 10 dollars so it's 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 just gonna with with two digit salaries things just look different you're gonna have a that the process is gonna feel a little bit different um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about playing through a losing streak. Sometimes when you switch sites or, or just switch the user interface, it, it resets your brain. It takes you off of autopilot and you have to start looking at things a little differently. And uh, 4 for 4 does have a Yahoo lineup generator with all of our projections. But you'll notice you'll go in there and because pricing is so different relative to the, the other two major sites... You're just going to see some different names popping up. And, and that's the reason uh, that part of the theory segment, not just talking about this contest, but going over some of the guys that stand out that you're not going. If, if you don't subscribe to 4 for 4, if you're just reading advice for um, other DFS sites, you're, you're going to miss out on some of the, the site-specific nuances over here. I'll just tell you the guy that really stood out to me at quarterback when I was making a – 
uh, lineup there earlier in the week was Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. at 25 bucks, And I know yep. you're going to have your choices here in just a couple minutes, but boy, he's going up against Tampa Bay. They have been shredded by the run. Uh, Cam Newton had 33 yards and another 33 yards. Trubisky had 53. There's somebody I'm forgetting right now that had another. Oh, Baker Mayfield had 43. They give mm-hmm. up big runs. Yep. For me, I think Lamar Jackson's going to be a play. I also think he's probably going to be pretty high owned in this tournament. So you might want to fade there. But I'm just going to throw Lamar Jackson out there. He he does project as our top ceiling value on Yahoo. Uh, Joe Flacco, it looks like he's healthy backup quarterback. I saw a couple people on Twitter say that that means a possible short leash, leash for Jackson. Uh, the way I interpreted it was that the fact that Flacco's healthy and that they're still making him backup Jackson, is that means it's Jackson's job. Uh, so interpret that how you will i'm i'm more on your side that i i think he has upside this week and um the interesting thing about quarterbacks is again this is only a 10 max contest so as a user if you're max entering this contest if if you're down the middle on jackson it's not you don't have those 150 bullets you can't just take one or two say you have 150 lineups you can't say well i don't love him but i want him i'll use him in three lineups if you use them in one lineup, that's 10% of your lineups. Uh, so you're going to have to decide, are, are you someone that's going to, to plant a flag in a quarterback stack or two? Or are you going to plant your flag in, in, which I prefer to do, in your core plays and, and have more stacks? Maybe maybe four or five, maybe even six, and, and just uh, match them up with those core plays. But the guy that stood out to me this week is an injury replacement, Nick Foles. $22 on Yahoo, only $2 above the minimum. We have him projected as a as a top two ceiling quarterback with uh, Carson Wentz out. The Rams rank in the bottom five in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, per pass attempt over the last six weeks. And Philadelphia, you already talked about them. They rank in the bottom 10. So we have a potential Sunday night shootout with two defenses uh, that have really been struggling, especially through the air. And you're, you're getting a cheap quarterback in a great spot. And, uh, how many times have we seen those those cheap quarterbacks? We've obviously seen it from Foles himself, but any backup quarterback that comes into those great spots, uh, you it's hard to pass up on that value. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up too because this is different from the main slates elsewhere. You have the Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. You got Gurley. Gurley is going to be available yep. here. You've got Brandon Cooks and Woods and and Zach Ertz. I mean, Zach Ertz is going to be out there coming off a down game. I bet you some people are off of Zach Ertz this week. So uh, Nick Foles, there you go, uh, with Wentz uh, questionable. Wentz is out, right? I mean, that's it. Wentz is done because yep. of the back. So Nick Foles is in there. So I like that. And Foles a great value. Um, could you pivot to Nick Mullins after what he did last yeah. week? Yeah, I actually forgot about something. And, and I've, the reason I forgot about it is we haven't had to think about this in so long. One, if, if you've been playing DFS for, for a while, one thing that we um, often saw when, when DFS used to span uh, either the full Sunday or Sunday to Monday, you get increased ownership on players in the primetime games because people want to see their players play. Mm. So this game, the the Eagles and the Rams already sets up as one that should be a shootout and should draw ownership even if it it wasn't an island game, but with it being on on national television and and being the hammer game, which is a term we haven't got to use in so long, uh people are going to be looking to have that hammer. So even if they're trailing a little bit, they could come back and and uh 
and and take down a tournament. So keep that in mind when you're making lineups that this game will have even higher ownership than than we uh, usually see. Uh, but as far as Mullins goes, I wanted to mention him because uh, one thing that I look at when I'm building tournament lineups is the 4 for 4 stack value report. And we have that for Yahoo. And if you project it by ceiling, the the best team stack in terms of ceiling value is the 49ers. Uh, Mullins at 22, Jeff Wilson at 14, and Pettis at $12, who I already mentioned. Uh, there are all near their position minimums and salary against uh, the Seahawks. And I said this, this could be a sneaky back and forth game if the coaches take advantage of the opposing defenses, how bad they've been against the pass. Uh, that would obviously really benefit Nick Mullins and Pettis. Uh, but even if you just like Wilson here, he's a top two overall value against Seattle, who ranks 23rd in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. And the thing that I really like about this cheap, very likely low owned stack is that it's so cheap you can get. I, I said it's hard to get to if you want a Gurley and a Zeke combo. Uh, this is a good way to get to it because. What's been winning in FanDuel lineups is probably going to look very similar to what's going to win tournaments here because it's half PPR with a flex. So what we've seen in FanDuel is most likely two expensive running backs with another running back in the flex. This stack lets you get a Zeke and a Gurley or a Zeke and a Saquon or a Gurley and whatever combo you like plus Wilson in the flex. Uh, and that's been very profitable on half PPR sites this year. All right, where are we going next here on Yahoo with all of the uh, the values? George Kittle, not only does he lead the league in yards after the catch, like he's blowing everybody away. Yeah. I mean, 85-yard touchdown run last week. You don't think of tight ends as the guys that are with the, with the yak. George Kittle's <laughs> that guy. George Kittle's yeah. that guy right now. He's been doing it for, I mean, even before he, he burst onto the scene as, as a big volume guy, uh, one of the reasons we liked him was because of his athleticism and explosiveness. And he has a few of those big plays for the 49ers and, and kind of staying on the 49ers train here. Kittle is a is a good value on both FanDuel and DraftKings, but I wanted to mention him specifically because we have him projected as our top non-running back ceiling value. So if you look at ceiling projections on 4 for 4, the first eight or nine guys are all running backs. Then you have Kittle. So, so that's definitely worth noting. And again, the the point of this exercise is just to look at those guys that you, uh, that you might miss if you're only looking at FanDuel or DraftKings analysis. Uh, I want to point out these, these Yahoo guys that, that stand out for this specific tournament. All right. So George Kittle's there and he says he's the top non running back ceiling value, man. Kittle's just on fire right now. Here's the and, guy that I look. Yeah, go on. You Sorry. just rarely see that. And the reason it's it's especially crazy, you just rarely see that in any type of projections, really. The running backs often dominate value, and then it's usually a quarterback, maybe a wide receiver. So for a tight end to be to to be that high in our value reports, it's, it's really noteworthy. So here's the guy that I like. I'm all over, too. D.D. Westbrook mm-hmm. on all sites. Very, very well-priced, but... He's a dozen bucks here. Top six wide receiver value. And you're going the Jaguars. The Jaguars, first of all, they teams don't quit. Okay. <laughs> I think though that there are certain times when teams just don't give effort anymore. And sure. the Jaguars did that on national television on a Thursday night last week. Man. And then the team that they're playing 
the Washington Redskins, what a debacle this has turned into. They laid down in the first half against the Giants. Now you got uh, direct messages coming out from Reuben Foster just destroying the actual team, the fan base, the effort of the team. You got other players out there that are just saying that the team is not good. Man, the Redskins. I want to target the Redskins this, this week. And D.D. Westbrook, talk about getting volume from a quarterback. Listen, that quarterback situation in Jacksonville has not gotten better since Bortles is down, but D.D. got the targets. This is one of those guys that popped up very early in my, my weekly process, and, and it's one of those where because it's on the Jaguars, because you haven't been able to to – get much production out of the wide receivers because the production has been so spread around when, when they have had any production in the passing game, uh, it's been hard to guess which guy it is. So I saw him pop early in my process, kind of ignore it. And then more and more, he just kept popping up, uh, but he's not extremely high in any fan or DraftKings uh, value reports or, or, um, or leverage scores. But then when we switch it over, to uh to yahoo and compare him to other players and look at his price price down at twelve dollars when minimum salary is 10 he really pops on yahoo he's one of eight players with at least 20 percent of his team targets in every game over the last six weeks he's a league leader in red zone target share over the last six weeks so even though jacksonville doesn't have a lot of volume near the goal line when they have got down there and they have thrown it it's been westbrook's way and you say you want to target Washington, the way uh, to really target them ha- has been through the slot, at least lately over the course of the season. Uh, kind of middle of the pack, I, th- I think somewhere around uh, 19th or 20th if we look at, at stats against the slot. But over the last six weeks, lasting yards per target to the slot, bottom four fantasy points per target to slot. And that's where Westbrook gets most of his targets. So a, a lot of signs pointing to Westbrook. And it's, it's, just, it's one of those GPP plays that – it feels like Zay Jones a couple weeks ago where you're like, man, am I really playing this guy? But uh, that's how you separate yourself from the field. And Zay burned us last week, but this is a nice mm-hmm. time to go right back to. And it's not because Josh Allen didn't look Zay Jones' way. I don't know. I, unfortunately, I watched a lot of that game because I had a lot of – let's just say I had a, a rooting interest in it. Yeah. Um, he For dropped th- three passes, man. Like, hit him right – in the hands or in the numbers, Zay Jones could not have had a worse day than he did. Mm-hmm. He was set up for a monster day, and he just dropped passes. So I'm still on Zay Jones. I ain't jumping ship yet. He still he still led the team in targets, and and we see it so often that when there's a a young quarterback, when they have a favorite receiver, it, it doesn't they don't venture out much uh, beyond that guy. And Zay Jones down at twelve dollars and. He's playing against the Lions, Kenny Galladay. Uh, they both rank very high in ceiling values uh, on Yahoo, and because of their 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 low price tags. And this is a game you mentioned it up top. Uh, the the over under is below forty. A lot of people are going to avoid this game because of that low over under. Uh, and for the most part, I would agree with that. Probably don't want the quarterbacks. Probably not going to be too excited about the running backs. But the wide receiver position is the one position that they don't need those perfect scoring conditions to to put up big games. If you look at the big game profiles that we did at 4 for 4 before the season, uh, data proves that uh, because wide receivers, uh, they they only need seven or eight targets, and, and the top guys are, are getting 10 or 11 targets. So the difference in, in volume isn't going to change that much with the scoring opportunities. And uh, when these teams have 
got near the red zone or near the goal line. Zay Jones and Kenny Galladay have been the players that they've looked to. Both of these guys ranked top five in red zone target share over the last six weeks. Kenny Galladay, top five in market share of air yards over the last six weeks. And you already talked about Jones last week. He was overshadowed by Robert Foster because Foster had a very good game, but Jones was still the one that led the team in targets. And uh, that no, no one's going to be on this game in, at all just because it's so low scoring. And Zay Jones and Kenny Galladay, they show up in the air yards by low model. That model that Herms Meyer does for 4 for 4 has been so on point this year. It, it takes uh, volume and usage and tells us what the production should be, and those guys are due to pop. And that's that's who really pops this week, Zay Jones and Kenny Galladay. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, anything else you'd like to mention before we end the show here in week fifteen? Uh, yeah, if you if you haven't tried out DFS yet, uh, there's no better time than right now. Great value on tournaments like the one on Yahoo this week. Uh, great value on four for four. Price is down to thirty nine dollars. You get twenty five percent off if you use the promo code DFSMVP and. Uh, a lot of people are they don't have fantasy anymore. If you're playing redraft, didn't make the playoffs, lost in the playoffs, looks like you're going to lose in the playoffs, still want some action, this is a great time to do it uh, because there's still a, a lot of, of good money to be made, a lot of great value to be had. And if you like the podcast, please go on iTunes, give us a five-star rating and review, and we'll get you uh, hooked up in the contest to possibly win some beautiful, comfortable 4 for 4 swag. Mm. If you like us, you can find us on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at TJ Hernandez, my partner in crime, Holden Kushner, at Holden Radio. And uh, we're almost done for the regular season. We'll talk to you guys next week, week 16. I'm coming to get ya, I'm coming to get ya Spitting out lyrics, homie, I'm with ya I came to get down, I came to get down So get out your seat and jump around 